0: Uh, I have the, I have the, um, I guess the privilege of having two dads. I have a stepdad and I have a real dad. Okay. My, not my real, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. like a biological father. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, they're both huge into cars, um, and it's kind of our way to bond with okay. each other. Yeah. Um, so especially with my dad, um, he like if you look at our Instagram, it's all just uh, him sending me either. Uh, a car like a, a a comparison between an old mustang and a new one like this one he just sent me a new an old mustang and a new mustang and he's like new or old and he knows the answer i'm going to choose an old one i prefer the old ones over the new ones um and with my stepdad you know he kind of showed me that uh he he kind of introduced me to bullet which is um which is one of my favorite movies, and it's one of my favorite cars as well, um, the 68 uh, uh, Mustang. And um, he, he never really showed me the movie, though, the full movie. He only showed me the car chase in it, which is it's hilarious because watching it as an adult, I, I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually a pretty good crime thriller. There's just a fantastic car chase in the middle of it, right? And it's kind of the same with, like, The French Connection. Um, even though it's not two cars, it's a car and a train. Um, but it's just these these sequences that I've kind of grown up with. And my dad, uh, my first car that like you know TV film car that I was really obsessed with was the uh, the '76 Ford Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch. Oh, um, uh, okay. Which is I, I it's it has no business being a police car. Um, it is weight. It's huge. It's definitely a product of its time. It's a massive car. And it's it's a massive boat. It weighs like four tons. It's a huge car, um, and uh, it's you know bright red, and it's got that stripe going down it. And I just thought it was the coolest car ever. And that was kind of like the first car that got me into television and film cars. And then as I got older, I started paying attention to movies, just in general. And then eventually, they all kind of just you know meshed yeah and then once they meshed it was like oh okay great i love film and i love cars and um, whenever there's a movie out that has to do with you know that kind of teases it being a car movie or something like that with the exception of like the new fast and the furious movies i don't really watch those but mm-hmm. i am a fan of the the first uh the first three like and and like uh, fast five and a couple of the other ones so over half um, <laughs> yeah over half of them i like well because james wan is a capable uh filmmaker yeah right so he makes good movies and his fast and the furious movies i i tend to enjoy um but where i really really uh really kind of focus on car movies are, are the old ones where it's like gone in 60 seconds not the Nicolas cage one the original one yep um and then you know films like vanishing point um What's another good one? Uh, well, yeah, even like Starsky and Hutch and even Dukes of Hazard, because what I really respect is good driving, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, watching these films, they actually drove the cars. And to give you an example, in the original Gone in 60 Seconds, the pretty much three quarters of the film is a car chase. It's it's a 40 minute long car chase, and it's all practical. the The, the director, the star is doing all of the driving, all of the jumps, all of the stunts. And then it's similar to Steve McQueen, right? You watch any film that Steve McQueen does and he's doing all of his stunts. And I've always, I've always just really, really appreciated that. And I'm like, that is so cool. And it's something that I would love to do, um, is do my own driving and do my own car stunts. Um, but most stunt drivers that get into the business start as race car drivers and they kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, work their way into the film industry when they've retired to kind of make a couple of bucks. Um, but even movies that aren't necessarily car movies, they kind of have to do with cars. Like for example, drive yep. the Ryan Gosling film is like one of my favorite films of all time. Like I have the jacket, like it's, <laughs> it's in my closet. I don't wear it anymore. Cause I bought it when I was like 18. Yeah. so It doesn't fit. Um, but it is, you know, it's just that kind of, you know, cars are in the movie. It's not the main focus of the film, but they are, uh, uh, a, a part of it. And I think that, um, I think that they do have a huge impact on the film industry and um, and how things work today. And I, I feel like they're those movies, even though, like, for example, Vanishing Point isn't res- necessarily the most known film. Um, the car, though, is essentially what defines the film in that case, where it's like a you the Vanishing Point 1970 Dodge Challenger. You immediately know what it is. It's a white uh, it's a white dodge challenger and they reference it in uh death proof i don't know if you've ever seen the uh the quentin tarantino i was gonna ask you if you've seen death proof oh of course i have death proof is one of it's up there it's one of my favorite ones and they go and essentially do a joyride in a vanishing point challenger and they go up against kurt kurt russell and his in his Dodge Charger. And it's the, it's like that, that car sequence is pretty cool. Cause it's all practical because you know, our boy uh, Tarantino loves to do practical, oh, it's practical fantastic. effects, right? So uh, the great, the driving sequence in that film is, is so cool is so cool. But yeah, like film uh, f- cars have always been a, a huge part of my life and a part of my family. Um, you know, my stepdad's a big gearhead. My dad, my dad at one point had two Corvettes. Like that's crazy. He's down to one now. But he had two because, you know, he just loves them so much. My stepdad is restored a 1985 Monte Carlo SS, which is a beautiful car. Um, And it goes really quickly. It pulls it pulls quite a bit. Uh, And I they've just been around for so much. And then it was just kind of destiny that they all they eventually just kind of meshed my love for film and my love for cars. So, um, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I guess this is a good time to segue into the, the the little intro of this episode. Welcome to Raised on Film. You know his voice. His name is Cam. He's been here before. Welcome, Cam. It's great to have you back. Hello, Adam. Thank you for having me. Now, always, I was going to write this down. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write this down, and I did not. So this is actually a good place to start. Mm-hmm. What kind of car
0: is Christine? <laughs>
1: I oh, did not write you it down.
0: Don't, okay, you don't know this. Okay, Christine is a nineteen fifty eight Plymouth Fury. Okay. All right. I had a, a little bit of that in my head. I, I didn't
1: want to sound like an idiot. I figured I'd just make you <laughs> look evil. The whole purpose of this episode is gonna make you sound really smart. So <laughs> okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna be feeding you the whole episode, Cam. Okay, I, I so, hope so. <laughs> so I knew Christine was one of your favorite movies, if not your favorite movie. We'll get to that in a sec. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And I knew you wanted to talk about Cars in the podcast, so I kind of morphed this into something where we can talk a little bit about Cars, Christine. We can talk about John Carpenter. Um, And where I wanted to start, really, uh, just on the topic of Cars, is where does Christine... Like, where it can be two separate things it yeah. can be the, the movie and as a car movie but like in regards to car movies mm-hmm. where does christine rank is it number 1 or do you like another car better
0: do you like another car in a different movie better where does it kind of land well it's it's interesting that's a that's actually a great question because it's it's i've never thought of that before because i've always kind of meshed all of these films that i love so much you know when it comes to cars kind of in one category Mm-hmm. um i would say christine is definitely a car movie and it's the most literal car movie yeah <laughs> um because the car comes to life right that's, yes <laughs> that's the thing right um and i think that uh i mean other than herbie because you could say <laughs> herbie fully loaded. yeah <laughs> well not herbie fully loaded the love bug oh <laughs> love. i thought i was thinking of the lindsey lohan movie <laughs> well this that's a sequel to the love bug (laughs) um i don't know i have no idea what i'm talking about everybody because you know because herbie like when i mentioned earlier with like you know a lot of these movies they're car movies because their cars are instantly recognizable i would say christine is up there especially with herbie like you look at you see a i I can't i don't know the year but you see a volkswagen beetle with a 53 on it and you go oh it's herbie oh it's the love bug Right? You'd see those a lot more often than you'd see a fifty-eight Plymouth Fury, let's be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um I would say like Christine is up there. I mm, is it my favorite? Well just rifle off some of your favorites. Um well I have like I I I base my favorites on I have a collection of 118 scale model cars that I really love and most of them are from movies. Okay. And I have um I have the Dukes, uh, I have the, yeah, I have the Dukes of Hazzard Charger, which is a little controversial uh, mm-hmm. because of what's on, the to- what's on the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I have the Starsky and Hutch Gran Torino, and I have the Back to the Future DeLorean. Um, of course. Vanishing Point uh, Challenger. I have Christine, of course. Um, and then I have the Bullet Mustang. And then I also have the 1989 Batmobile. And then right now, this is my newest edition. I have the Bat- Batmobile from the Batman. So the most recent one. Um, oh, right, right, right. Because that, that Batmobile is like, oh,
1: What so kind cool. of car was that? I, I remember the scene. I remember like based, vividly the scene.
0: From what I saw, I remember when we, when it first, like they, Matt Reeves released like the first image of the mm-hmm. Batmobile and me and my coworkers were debating what it was. And at first glance, we were right. It's a Charger. It's based on, I believe it's based on a 69 Dodge Charger. Um, well, I don't believe it is. I have the book that proves it. Um the uh i have the art of the batman and it goes into details about that and i'll mention when we go when we talk about christine a little bit more i'll mention the batmobile um and the the similarities between the two um but uh yeah so i have those and those are kind of my favorites okay. um there's also i can't let i can't forget about eleanor do you know who eleanor is no so should i uh it's the car from gone in 60 seconds in both of okay them. Yeah, yeah in the uh in the original one i i don't know that i can't think of the year it's a, a mach one mustang mm-hmm. and then in the nick cage one the one that's starring nick cage and An- angelina jolie that came out in the early 2000s yeah. it's a i believe it's a 68 shelby uh yeah 68 mustang uh, shelby gt500 um and okay. that is it's that is probably the quintessential movie car because i would say that any car guy that i've spoken to knows exactly what i'm talking about when i say eleanor um because that's up there as my favorite uh one of my favorite cars like if i won the lottery tomorrow that'd be one of the first cars that i'd buy um Mm -hmm. the movie itself isn't great but the uh the car is is pretty iconic um but yeah like when going back to christine um being it being a literal car movie, she's up there. She mm-hmm. she really is. I I would say she's a very, very she's either first or a very, very close second.
1: Now, uh, before we jump over to Christine, uh, how are you with like are you into NASCAR? Like, what about like
0: racing movies and stuff like that? Um, well, yeah, like my my dad and my um my stepdad and my family they really love motorsport me not so much i can't really sit for three hours and watch <laughs> cars um, going around. well uh, my dad really can't either he falls yeah. asleep um but the the <laughs> it's true he does um the the i do appreciate the sport though like i just can't sit and watch it um recently uh like the formula one series on on netflix has been pretty cool and i think that's Um, I think it's actually kind of a beautiful thing because apparently F1 wasn't in necessarily a great position before that show came out. Mm -hmm. And then when it came out, everybody just started loving Formula One, Um, me included. I was never really into Formula One until I watched that show. So when it comes to motorsport, I like, you know, uh, Ken Block actually just recently passed away and he's he's one of the best drivers in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was really bummed when I heard that because he's done some incredible things with with cars um, you know, when it comes to building them as well as driving them, um, I've always kind of, uh, loved from afar. Um, that being said, NASCAR races, if you ever have the opportunity to go to one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it is incredible. It is, I've been to two and, um, they are, they are so cool. The cars go so fast. Um, yeah, I can imagine. and, um, I've I, I, I love them. Yeah, I think I think the best way to put it is that I love motorsport but from afar I don't really spend my weekend watching motorsport. Mm-hmm. And what about uh like movies based around that, like a Ford versus Ferrari? For oh, example. I loved that movie. That movie yeah. specifically. I thought it was so much fun. And the drama behind that is most of it is actually pretty true. Um mm-hmm. I knew that from before and that's why I went to go see the movie. The 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 feud between Ferrari and Ford is just so funny. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know you've got like a fer- the ferrari who's always been in le mans and then you've got the ford who's just starting and then ford just you know ruins them and it's it's you know the uh, you know uh kind of a uh you know underdog story kind of oh for sure um, i i liked it a lot yeah but also like there's movies like rush uh, I love rush
1: nobody ever talks about rush when people talk about chris hemsworth (laughs) it's always thor i'm like yeah he's great as thor he is so good in that and so is the other guy i can't think of his name uh but their feud yeah their feud in that is fantastic i read
0: all about it after i watched the movie i loved it yeah james hunt and nikki lauda that's Um, right the uh that movie is great like and uh dude uh it's not even a guilty pleasure uh i i love this movie days of thunder oh yeah um, of course days of Classic. thunder is fantastic um even though it's not very good and there's a huge like glaring issue there's there's a huge not an issue but there's a glaring uh goof in it where uh rowdy burns uh wife in a scene calls uh cole trickle tom just straight up calls him tom instead of instead of you know cole Uh, which is they kept it in the movie which is hilarious (laughs) um and uh they're like yeah so there's yeah days of thunder and then of course talladega nights always gets me i'm a big fan of adam mckay um but uh yeah like movies about um uh motorsports always pretty good um i'm just trying to think of other ones can you think of any other ones
1: no, you named a bunch. Like yeah. I love Rush. Uh Talladega Nights is one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Again, a lot of people always go to Step Brothers and Anchorman. Yeah, I think Talladega Nights is hilarious. It's up there um, for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh now you mentioned your dad, your both your dads. I don't know if they listen to this or not. Uh, but just to give them a quick shout out. Do they what do you know what
0: some of their favorite favorites are? Are they the same as yours? Do they have any that Well, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't love Christine as much as I do. Okay. Um, He showed it to me when I was relatively young. Um, Mm -hmm. Same with Halloween, right? Of of course. uh, He, you know, we had them on VHS. And um, I was actually really bummed because when I moved out of my dad's place in Barrie, he was, him and my, uh, him and his wife, my stepmom, Kelly, were on their way out of the house as well. And I forgot to take the VHS. Of is it still there you think no it's not they moved out i don't know where oh. it is it's it's gone and in, in my opinion it's probably gone um i've just come <sighs> to terms with it um and uh i used to watch it all the time mm-hmm. uh and um it's probably it there's the nostalgia factor there but i can look at christine from an objective point of view now being an adult um but uh my stepdad really like i mentioned he, sh- he showed me bullet um yeah and you know he told me about I remember I watched the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds with him uh, when I was little and I don't think he enjoyed it that much um mm-hmm. I think he really liked the car chase at the ending uh which you know everybody does um but yeah they've they've definitely had a huge influence on how I uh how I view cars and how I how I love them so much um, and how like I obsess over them mm-hmm. um and and it's not just I obsess with like random cars, it's just these movie cars that I think are, are so cool and so larger than life that uh, that yeah, they've they they both have had a huge influence um on how I look at that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you are familiar with Dak Shepard. he he's got a podcast for mm. that. I yeah, have, I listened to him,
0: yeah, Armchair Expert. Yeah. Yeah, he's
1: it. great and he's got a huge passion for cars. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he collects them as well. And yeah. he did his, I don't know if it was his directorial debut, but he made a movie hit and run that he financed for like two, maybe $3 million. I don't even think that much. It was very yeah. low budget and he used his own cars in the
0: movie. I'm pretty sure. And I watched it and I liked it a lot. I can't I thought it was, remember his, sorry to interrupt, but I can't remember his car because he's talked about it a few times in yeah. his podcast. Well, he
1: named, he named both his, or both his daughters or one of his daughters after his favorite car, I'm pretty sure. Or something. Because his kids' names
0: are Lincoln and Delta, I think. Yes, yeah, so his car is a Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Hit that it. black one in Hit and Run is a Lincoln. I don't, yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's got to be, a, I, uh, uh, any of the car buffs that listen to this are going to kill me. I, <laughs> I feel like it's a Continental, but I, I could be so wrong in yeah. saying that. Um, it is a nice car, though. I've, I've seen mm-hmm. it on his Instagram. It's, it's not my type. But he's put in the work. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. No. I, and it was it was a fun movie, and I enjoyed that and again. The like kind of like listening to you talk about it. It's I I just love passionate people. Whatever you're passionate about, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah. I love just people thriving in that, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about Christine specifically, but just cars mm-hmm. in general. So yeah. Without further ado, we'll 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 uh, move over to Christine. So um, I rewatched it. So my, it was only my second viewing. I, I've only seen it twice. Um, I'm a casual John Carpenter fan. Like I love Halloween, which we've talked about. Yeah, I've only seen a handful of his movies, but I can honestly say, and this isn't just because you're here with me, uh, Christine's it's, it's definitely top three. Like I, I oh, really okay. really really like okay. I really like Christine. Honestly, my ranking is very simple. It's Halloween, the thing.
0: And then Christine. It's funny uh, because most people would say no. Yeah, well, uh, that, I was
1: doing a, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I'm sure you know a lot. We, I know you know a lot more about it than me, but uh, yeah. also the time as well. Because I know John Carpenter struggled a lot after uh, the f- Halloween and the Fog, mm-hmm. um, and Escape from New York with putting asses in the seats.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: everyone, everyone knows the thing bombed. Uh, but, Oof. um, like, th- like this is a perfect John Carpenter film. Like, and I always yeah, say and I'm, I'm stealing this. I don't know where I heard this from, probably from all the interviews I've listened to and people on YouTube, but, um, he's the master of simplicity and he doesn't mm-hmm, he overdo is. it. I, I can't speak for all of his movies, but he just he he did it in halloween he did it in the fog he, he's the thing as well like is a masterpiece in my opinion like it's brilliant yeah. and christina i'm like why didn't i watch this when i was a kid yeah like it's good so what i want to know first and we'll start here is do you remember specifically the first time that you watched it? i know you said you watched it with your dad but do you remember yeah. the first time watching it Ah, uh, no
0: i've seen it so many times okay um but the thing is though is that like I don't think that, that like that does that necessarily doesn't bum me out. Just the yeah. the idea that, you know, my dad showed it to me and was like, you know, Cam, you'll probably like this. And, <laughs> and I he was right. I, I, he was right. And uh and it's always just been there, right? Yeah. And it, like I said before, it's just something that my dad and I bond over. Um, like if it's not another if it's not just some random car he's sending me on Instagram, it's Christine. It's some type of meme with Christine in it, or he's uh, found a picture of, of, a of a Plymouth Fury from that's not a 1958 because I can, I can pick it out right away. Right. And if it's, you know, he's trying to test me, he's like, Hey Cam, you know what kind of car this is? And I'm like, yeah, it looks like a Fury. Um, But (laughs) you know, um, but it's the, it's the fact that I've watched Like I just watched it last night to, to prepare for this and it doesn't get old. Mm-hmm. like i'm still having a great time watching it and we'll talk about like our favorite scenes and stuff but it's it's just so <laughs> it's it because you show it to somebody and you're like oh yeah it's about a car that comes to life and kills people and they go that's <laughs> you go, that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard and i'm like it's not the only movie that does that number one um but number two it's it, like the it's based on a stephen king novel and fun fact i found this out a couple nights ago I'm um, just prepping this was the uh the movie was greenlit before the book was even published. I didn't know that. Yeah, so like Stephen King was such it was so hot, right? Like yeah. back back in it was 83 this movie came out. And yeah. um and he was just so like he was writing a new book and they they found out it was they found out it was Christine and they they greenlit the movie before it was even published, which is baffling to me. Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah it's it's just it's so strange as to why i I can't yeah it's so strange to think of why i love this movie so much because when you look at it from an objective point of view or you don't really know anything like if you didn't know this was a stephen king movie i don't or sorry stephen king book i don't think the majority of people would like it
1: Mm -hmm. i agree yeah
0: like it's about a car that comes to life and kills people and the the john carpenter does a fantastic job of keeping it so like you said the master of simplicity it's right? it's a
1: grounded movie that this, this movie could have that's, been
0: blown out of proportion so what much I
1: mean. is that like how is it grounded well like look, let, let, let's walk through this for a second, okay yeah halloween mm-hmm. okay halloween a guy walks around stalking babysitters sounds yeah. boring yeah. watch the movie it's not boring no uh the thing oh a bunch of guys are at this place and there's this virus it's not a boring movie again no. he's not these aren't glamorous oh my god plots like escape from new york is you know whatever and like they live and stuff like that like he get he, he dabbles a little bit but like they're not complicated movies and he like again let's like like look, look at the uh the scene when um the car's on fire like yeah. beautiful it's just so well it's just so well done, and it's a yeah. it's a stunt car driving on fire, which just from a a stunt perspective is a huge achievement, like it's fantastic, yeah, but it's just like it's a real car driving down a real road after a real person, and like it's just stuff like that that I love, and that's why I think this movie holds up. Before again, I don't have any nitpicks. My only thing that I would have to say, and, and that was more true with with this most recent rewatch, is, and I saw it right when I saw the the uh, the runtime. I'm like, I, I just think it's a little. And again, this is nitpicking at this point. I think it's a little too long. Um, really, but- I
0: think it's too short.
1: Yeah, well, oh, <laughs> that's fair. We can disagree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, I'm talking like uh, a a few. I'm not saying cut it down a half an hour. I'm saying like five ten minutes. But, yeah, um, trim fat a little bit. Yeah, but I, I like I, I really enjoyed it, and I just wanted to do a shut out before I forget because I I'm a huge fan. Uh, Kelly Preston, rest in peace. I yeah. love her. I fell in love with her as a kid. I think she's great. She's in a lot of movies that I love. Jack Frost mm-hmm. for Love of <laughs> yeah. the Game. Jerry Maguire and I, I know jack frost is not very good but i just love her <laughs> okay. i think she's beautiful she's talented and yeah. she was she passed away a few years ago and i think she's and I, I i don't know if i'm and you can confirm this i think she's way more attractive than the other girl <laughs>
0: oh a hundred percent uh yeah like a- yeah uh, more attractive than Lee. yeah, uh, yeah. i think that um no, i i agree when it when it comes to the the length of it though because Maybe it's just me and I just enjoy the film so much, yep. but uh I think it's too short because well, it, it's actually probably because I've read the book.
1: That's Interesting, probably what it which is. Which I have
0: not. Um because the differences in the book are there's a few. There's a, okay. there's there's a there's a few. Um there's a there's some that I can see why John Carpenter kind of didn't bother with, um, oh. or the writers didn't bother with. Um, but there's some stuff that I wish they kept in. Um, and if you're okay, we can talk about, we can talk about that. I don't. Yeah. Well, there. that, uh, that was one of the next things anyway. So yeah, we'll, we'll
1: go on to that. Cause it's, it is interesting. Cause Andrew and I did this on a Stephen King episode where mm-hmm. we talked about all his adaptations to movies and we talked about a little bit with Harry Potter as well. What do you keep? What do you cut? It's a yeah. very meticulous process of what works in a book by not work in a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, go for it. Like there's, I, again, I don't know
0: anything about the book. There's. So the book does do, like you know it's Stephen King right so he he does a decent job um a great job in some cases like, like I said I didn't I didn't read it I, I listened to the book sorry I'm correcting myself um <laughs> because I don't I don't uh, i'm I'm not a big reader I just listen I put on a, an audiobook and I listened to it
1: yeah.
0: um and there was some fascinating things like there's the small stuff like where Arnie keeps his car in the book he doesn't keep it. In, a, in darnell's garage he keeps it at a airport parking lot oh,
1: um okay.
0: and that's how buddy and his friends are able to get in because buddy's uh, friends with one of the toll booth tendons so they get they're able to get into the airport and and smash up christine um there's one one little change that i wish they would have focused on and that is the relationship with arnie's parents in the oh, book okay. in the book they are very they're there like they're there the entire they're almost there the entire time Mm -hmm. um the the movie they're barely there and they don't really make much of an impact um other than kind of telling uh i call him cougar because he plays cougar in top gun dennis um uh they they just chat with him and they're like we're so worried about arnie because you know this car is you know changing him and all this stuff. There's, there's one, there's, there's a couple of parts that I really wish uh, they kept. They kept in the uh, the the movie, and that is there's a scene in the book um, where it's actually kind of an ongoing thing in the book where when you sit in Christine, you see her, um, you see her history. Oh, interesting. Um, so you have like a vision of her, and there's a there's a scene in the book where Dennis sits into, uh, sits into Christine. Uh, like he sits in christine sorry and he sees what happened uh he sees what happened and why christine is you know haunted or whatever and like Mm. the backstory and all the spooky stuff and i wish they would have kept that in there but at the same time i can see why they didn't and and the reason is because john carpenter wanted it to be um he didn't i can't think of the word but he didn't want it to be super obvious as to why christine is the way she is yeah, no, he, right? he, yeah, like, same as um, Michael Myers. You don't need a full backstory. You don't no, need an explanation. Yeah, what I respect of that is that once you put a backstory onto a monster, they're not a monster anymore. I agree. Right? So that is, that's, I, I can see why they do that. And they do put a big focus on the book as they explain why Christine is the way she is. In the movie, it's done when Arnie's buying the car. Um, LeBay uh, it, it tells okay. him that, oh, yeah, my brother. Di- my brother died in it, and his wife died in it, and his daughter died in it, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. And then in the book, it's pretty obvious that it's, uh, you think uh, they make it seem like Stephen King makes you think that it's the uh, LeBay's daughter. Mm-hmm. That's that's po- like that's possessed Christine, but it's actually, um, oh, what's his name? The Le- LeBay's brother. I think it starts with an R. Um, uh, it's not ronald it's uh roland 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 okay. lebay um and it's actually him uh there's there's a fun little uh little trivia piece that they were actually going to include the uh there's a part in the book but uh, there's a there's a section in the book where arnie when he's driving christine has visions of um roland lebay sitting next to him mm-hmm. in, like in a zombie form and they were going to include that in the script, but then uh, American Werewolf in London came out, and they didn't uh, want to seem like they were ripping that off, so they they scratched it from the script, which I thought would have been kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those. Oh, and also how uh, Darnell dies. Darnell. Sorry, dies. which one's Darnell? Uh, Darnell's the old guy, the oh. uh, the guy who runs the garage. You know the right, 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 right. The big guy who's kind of you know. He's, he kind of gives you this weird feeling when you look at him like yeah. you're kind of grossed out by him which mm-hmm. is perfect um uh, great performance by the actor um he in the book christine rams through his house and darnell's trying to run up the stairs and christine pins his legs and just keeps running him over Oof. over and over and over again and i'm like Okay, I can see why they didn't do that cuz you know, <laughs> film budgets are a thing. Um but like how are you supposed to have this car that's hard to get on a good day to yeah. ram through a house and smash this guy? But I don't really like how he dies in the movie. That's one mm-hmm. of my that's one of my nitpicks is he he touches the door handle and it burns him. Yeah. He still opens the door and then just has a seat. Like he just goes and sits in it. And I'm like, why would you do that? The door just burned your hand. The last thing I'm going to do is open the door and sit in the car that was just on fire. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going like, to, he doesn't know that it was on fire, but it was, it was hot. Like, that's the last thing I'd want to do. And he sits in it. And then Christine just <laughs> squishes him, like just, <laughs> just lifts up the chair, which I didn't know you could do in the fifties right on. Uh, you could adjust the seat in, in your car in the fifties. Um, and it just squishes in between the seat and the, the, yeah. the dash, right? And that that death isn't, it's it's cool, but it's not great. Um, those are probably the biggest things that I wish they included in the movie. But at the same time, I can see why they didn't. And also John Carpenter, like we mentioned earlier, he does a great job of keeping things um, simple and you're not supposed to be like, well why is christine uh a car why is christine alive right you're not supposed to, like a- asking that question is a little silly yeah because it's like you're not the just watch the movie that's yeah. that's what i would say if i was watching it with somebody who's like well why is she alive <laughs> why is the car alive i'd just be like shut up and watch the movie um and there's john carpenter also uh, when it comes to like the practicality of things he blacked out the windows and he does mm-hmm. a great job of making the viewer think: Is Arnie actually driving the car, or is Christine that was my
1: big question the first time watching? I had no idea if he was actually behind the wheel or not.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's up for debate. And I, I would say that he isn't. Oh, until the, interesting. Well, do you want to dive a little bit deeper into that? I've never really yeah. Like I into would it. say, I would say he isn't, except in that last scene when he clearly is when yo. they show you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have proof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when he, when the camera, what a great shot
1: though, by the way, that oh, first yeah. shot the of him. Oh my it. God.
0: It's yeah. so cool. Like, I don't know who did the, who's this, you know, the, uh, I the don't know if it was or... Dean.
1: Do you have your computer set up there? Do you want to see if it was Dean Cundy? Yeah.
0: Let me check. I'm just going to put it up. I'm
1: I'll talk a little anyway. bit here while you search that. I just be curious. Cause I know Dean Cundy did Halloween and I think the fog as well. And Dean Cundy's a fantastic cinematographer, but, um, yeah, so I'll just talk a little bit of my experience about it. So I've seen it twice. I, I love it. Like I said, I only have nitpicks to say about it. I, I, at the very most, I would 5 five, ten minutes. I, I didn't I didn't want that to seem like I wanted a half an hour cut out. And from what you said, I like the change from the airport. I think it's better where it's set up in the movie. I like that aspect to it. I like yeah. the scenes that take place there. Uh, and I agree with you with the parents because I think that's the most – Maybe not the most interesting thing in the movie, but again, it's, it's what grounds the movie into a character study about this guy, about what he's going through. Yeah. And I think with, I was fine with the amount of parents, sorry about the scenes with the parents in the movie. But when you tell me that in the book, there's more, I would have loved that. I would have loved, uh, more of their interactions during his descent into madness or whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. Like his possession. Cause that's what's yeah. essentially what's happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Roland LeBay is possessing Arnie. That's the, the general okay. consensus. Um, I found out who it is. Um, you're wrong. It's okay. uh, Donald M Morgan, which I've never heard of him before. Um, no, have you ever
1: heard of him before? No,
0: no. Yeah. It says, it says it on IMDb. So, okay. Well, right I I believe you. I
1: was hoping that it was Dean <laughs> Cundey. I didn't know for a fact. I just love Dean Cundy. Um yeah. No, it's 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 so well well shot. And, and again, uh, we're gonna kind of be all over the place here, but that's fine. It's a podcast. Who cares? Yeah. Um I love the Halloween score. It is iconic. Mm-hmm. I if I, I'd have to do a little bit more of a deep dive, but the score in this it, a is underrated. I I, I don't know how normal john carpenter scores are ranked but yeah. the music in this movie and i'm assuming again that he did the music he usually does the music of his movies oh, he did. He did.
0: um fantastic yeah and alan uh Hor- oh yeah
1: he collaborates with
0: him a yeah. lot yeah. yeah it was it was them too um okay. but they yeah you're absolutely right i think i listen to the christine soundtrack all the time and the the it's so funny the that sound effect that comes on when you see christine's lights is so cool Mm-hmm. like the i just yeah. think that's like the coolest thing ever um but yeah like it, like you said it's just yeah it's just um there's there's just a couple of like specific things in this film that are are so cool um if i can mention my favorite scene and it's pretty much everybody's favorite scene well hold on first... cam hold okay, on okay, let me yeah. ask you hold okay. on was, cam I'm what's sorry. your favorite scene oh <laughs> um well, there's a couple of things. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of things that I really love about this movie. Um, the first one is the uh, the title, the title card. I think that's so cool. When you hear her engine, oh yeah, uh, and it starts revving, that's so cool. Also, Bad of the Bone" by George Thorogood, of course, a fantastic opening opening song. Um, another little trivia thing: He was supposed to be, if you remember, at the um, at the ending uh, when she's, you know, Christine's turned into a block. Spoilers. Um, yeah. And there's that guy that's walking past with the radio, that was supposed to be George Thorogood. Oh. Um, but it, it was supposed to be George Thorogood and some other crew member, uh, and they cut it because they weren't good actors. <laughs> oh. <wow. laughs> yeah, or either that, or they, or George Thorogood couldn't make it for the day when they were filming, and then they just threw in some random guy to walk uh, okay. by with the radio but um actually before i get into my scene uh one thing that i wanted to mention is the music is not just john carpenter's score that's fantastic it's how christine talks yeah right with the music from the 50s and stuff. oh right, just, right 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 yeah, yeah um like that's how she expresses herself which is so cool mm-hmm. um like you know when your mind plays when uh lee is choking on the cheeseburger yeah uh in the drive-in um which is you know, if you've never seen it before, that sounds super cheesy, but it is extremely effective in the mm. film. Um, and, you know, all the lights come on and how, like, you know, Christine will turn on a love song when Arnie sits in the car and turns it on. or turn. Yeah, I tried to avoid to say turns her on, but yeah. I said it anyways. <laughs> um, the... I think that the music in it, like not just John Carpenter and yeah. Alan like Horw- I don't want to pronounce his name, but Alan, John and Alan's yeah. um, score is fantastic, but also like the the music that they use to have to show how Christine feels is really cool. Um, but yeah, so my favorite scene, it's anybody that loves this movie, it's everybody's favorite scene is when Christine's rebuilding herself. Mm hmm. That scene is so cool. And when we talk about the music again, I remember reading something that John Carpenter was playing that like sexy, like, you know, saxophone song because he wanted it to seem like Christine was like either stripping or like dancing for Arnie, (laughs) which is kind of fucked. Uh, It's, it's pretty messed up, uh, but it is so effective. And the way that he does the practical effects back to the way that John Carpenter directs, it's so cool. It's just plastic that i guess was i think it's a vacuum or some type of hydraulic pump or something like that that Mm -hmm. pushed all of the plastic in and he just reversed the shot yeah and it's it's so cool it's so cool uh and like i was watching it last night and i was watching it right here in in our office and um karina came in just as that part was starting and i was giggling i was just i was like (laughs) <laughs> yeah not like that. Um, but I was like, I was like, <laughs> here we go. And then you know, Arnie stands in front of Christine, and he just goes, "Show me." And then the the you hear that little because the, the lights come on, and then she inflates her one tire, and then the saxophone starts. And like watching this for the first time, you're probably just like, "What the hell is going on?" And it's just it's it's just super effective, and it should be. A- I have to it ask.
1: Is that your line when you go to the sack with your better half?
0: Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, show me. No, 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 no. Um, Maybe I'll try that next time. Yes, please do. And let me know how Uh, it goes. She'll she'll kick me out. (laughs) No, that's a great (laughs) sign. Or no, in classic uh, Cameron fashion, I would just be like, do you know what that's from? And then if she doesn't get it, it'll kill the mood. Yeah, then you're done. (laughs) She's like, I have no idea. And then I'd be like, all right, well, you're not getting any you missed your Um, chance yeah but like that's what i was saying before is that like a scene like that like you said it's just so grounded it shouldn't work but it does and that's what's that's what's mind-boggling um because like i mentioned earlier when you say oh you should watch christine it's about a car that kills people no one's no one's gonna watch it but then when you watch it you're like oh that's not bad and when i've watched it with my friends and they've watched for the first time because i remember watching it with hiles for the Mm -hmm. first time back in london back when you guys were in school together and uh when we were doing your last big film and mm-hmm. I was I was in Brendan's film and uh I remember the morning I was leaving, uh we were eating breakfast and Christine had just happened to be on on cable and I put it on and we watched it. And, you know, he was like, oh, OK. That was a lot, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's fine. Uh That's my Brendan impersonation for this episode. Uh But he. You know, he didn't think it was an like you know as crazy as you'd think being a, about a car that kills people, mm-hmm. right? So I think, uh, oh yeah, back to my favorite scenes. Uh, that's my favorite <laughs> scene. Um, this this is what happens when I talk about films. That it's I love okay, so man. Much. I just go off. Um, so that scene is my that's my all time favorite scene. But I also like uh, the scene where Arnie finally meets um, Christine for the first time and the music. That plays like arnie's like love theme Mm -hmm. um which is just the simple couple chords on the synth just like what john carpenter is fantastic at just super simple chords um but extremely effective and then you start to see um the the kind of downfall of arnie too and one of the one the little things that i notice and it's uh, i i read about this is that the costume designer and ever and like the crew collaborated and wanted it to be over time you'll start to notice that arnie is wearing clothes that would resemble clothes from the 50s mm-hmm. um and like you've been becoming like a greaser yeah exactly and you yeah. seems like you're wearing this like red coat which is very similar to james dean's coat in yeah. rebel without a cause um which is kind of neat but also <clears throat> the scene where uh moochie dies is is also one of my favorite scenes because that's when you finally that's when that question occurs is is to, oh is arnie doing this or is christine doing this because mm-hmm. that's i think that's the first the first kill you see christine actually moving yeah i think i'm like i've seen this movie a bunch of times i don't know why i'm questioning myself but yeah well, that's, how you doing man um but th- wh- back to what i mentioned before about the batman comparison so matt reeves wanted the batmobile in the batman to resemble christine he's oh, he, it's in this book that i have um and that there's a moment you may have missed it because it's a split second there's a moment in christine where she's a it's it's like panning towards her and you see her like you see it almost like a pov from Mucci's perspective and you look at christine and her the the car turns on you hear the music the the song from matilda the oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah and um Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. yeah. and and, I love Matilda. And and she (laughs) we're not talking about that right now. Uh we and you you hear the engine turn over, and then the the lights turn on, uh, and then she kind of lunges forward. Yeah. Just for a split second. It's really, it's really easy to miss. And they did that exact thing in the Batman if you oh, remember interesting so they um you know it's when penguin uh you know penguin is like hey vengeance and he's like shooting his uzi or whatever and then batman runs to his batmobile and then you hear the engine start and then you it does that nice build up and then the engine's getting louder and louder and louder and yeah. louder and then the engine like the card lurches forward like it just goes Room. and i remember in the theater i remember the the rest of the uh like the audience that was in the theater that I was in, they they laughed because they thought Batman stalled the engine. <laughs> but I knew. Yeah. I knew what he was doing. <laughs> I knew for a fact that Matt Reeves was referencing Christine. And I was like obsessed with that moment for weeks. Weeks and weeks and weeks. And I needed to confirm that Matt Reeves took inspiration for that scene from Christine. And then I was i was so happy when i found out that he did um and those it just goes back to what we've been saying it's just that it's so simple the john carpenter just does a great job of simplifying this film to make it super grounded and believable right when it has absolutely no business in being believable Mm -hmm. no i
1: totally agree um I, I, I like all the scenes that you mentioned I already mentioned I love when the car everything with the car on fire like right from the gas station yeah all the way through I love all that I think that's fantastic uh one scene I do want to point out that I, I, I again I don't know if Christine fans talk about it a lot I don't know just an effective scene for me that I, I like and it, it is incorporating something I, I do really enjoy which is football um i love the scene leading up to him i think he he just breaks his leg right i don't know specifically it's i think it's a little bit worse than that is it worse than that i think he almost breaks his back okay well he definitely he's in a cast right yeah okay so whatever he does i mean it's uh, whatever he injures, but just the entire build up to that again i don't know how long the scene is a couple minutes five minutes maybe but when the car pulls up Arnie gets out him trying to run the play. Like it's just a really well edited scene. And like, it's not a standout in this movie because like basically every scene we've talked about is more of a standout iconic scene, but Mm -hmm. I just think it's an effective scene. It's like, you know, you know, like I'll keep going to other John Carpenter movies, but like Halloween has so many iconic scenes, but it's the other scenes that, and that's the thing with John Carpenter, right? Like let's talk about music, for example, like, Everyone talks about um, the, the main Halloween theme and even the Shape Stocks theme. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. also incredible scores as well. Laurie's theme is an underrated score. It's yep. the same thing with him and scenes. Like Halloween, you think about many Michael Myers scenes, but there's all, also little nuanced scenes throughout the movie that are just simple and brilliant. I love the shot and Halloween of... Um, Michael Myers first standing there, and it's just his silhouette with Tommy looking out the window, and then again later when he's walking with Annie's body, like it's yeah. just so simple, and yet it says so much about this movie and what's going on. It's the yeah. same thing as Christine. And that's a scene to me where I'm like, again, do a lot of people talk about it, Probably not, but it's just yeah. a well edited scene, and it's saying so much without really saying anything. There's like yeah. no dialogue i, I there's probably no. background people talking, but it's just saying so much, and uh, that was just in this most recent rewatch a scene that really stood out to me, and that and that's like a
0: gorgeous shot of Christine too. Oh yeah, because that's when you see her in her full form, I guess, for lack of a better word, she's like fully restored and she looks great. And I the the back to, to to that point, it's very funny. There's um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue that's in the movie that is like pretty much word for word from the book. Oh um, really? The scene. Where uh Arnie and Dennis first go into uh Darnell's and Darnell is like uh giving them shit and is like, you know, this place is for working stiffs, gotta keep bread on the table. Uh and like that's right out of the book. Um, which is which is which when I was uh re- when I was listening to the book, I was like, That's so cool. That is that is like I thought that was really neat. Um and there's one part just before the part that uh, where you see the, you know, the, the football game yeah. where there's a moment where, um, like, if you don't know what's about to happen, um, this moment is, is really, really effective. Uh, when you when you listen to what Darnell says about how cockeyed Arnie's working on the car, mm-hmm. he's got brand new windshield wipers on a busted windshield. That's what his quote is. And that's right from the book. And it's kind of fun to rewatch that because when you, sorry to see that again, after you've watched the film in its entirety, because you go, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like this is kind of strange. Arnie's not actually doing anything to the car, Mm -hmm. which is, I think it's in the book. Like you think it, when you're watching the movie that he's actually working on the car, at least at this point in the film, but, and it's so strange. He has like a brand new bumper. There's still like all these junk parts on Christine and yeah, like a uh, like the busted windshield, and um, and it's just it's just these little moments that I think of that I think are really really effective, in in what John Carpenter is trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, of course. And like I was looking too, like it's got a really good Rotten Tomato score considering it's a '80s film that a lot of mm-hmm. I I I I don't know if it's beloved or not, but I think it's got like a 69 on Rotten Tomatoes. It did well. At the box office and that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit because this was John Carpenter's follow up to the thing and I I love the thing and as we've mentioned like it bombed at the box office and John Carpenter was super pissed. I yeah. think it's be- they should not have re- like I I read a quote because it came out like two or three weeks after E. T. and they were like oh no E. T. you know uh, E. is just for kids like <laughs> it's, a, it's a kids <laughs> yeah. movie and then E. T. blows up and is one of the greatest biggest films of all time. It is. Um, but yeah, like this is an interesting follow up to that and it did well. Like it, like I said, it, it 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 made its I think it broke a little even I think, but then. Mm. He followed Christine with Starman that I think bombed uh, Big Trouble Little China. If it didn't bomb, it did not do very well. Like, John Carpenter really struggled in the 80s. And, like, yeah, I mean, Christine, I think, is really good. The Thing, I think, is a masterpiece. Big Trouble Little China, I know it has a cult following, and a lot of people do enjoy it. It's wacky and fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, The Thing, totally a huge cult following now. The Fog, like... Halloween, obviously, which was very successful. I think The Fog did well, did as pretty well, and it's just interesting that that's an incredible first, whatever that is, six, seven films. <laughs> yeah. What? Where, where do you land with with John Carpenter just as a whole? Like, I know you love Christine and a few
0: others that yeah. we've talked about, but where where do you land with them in regards to filmmaker? He's one of my favorites, but he's not like. It's it's tough because there's a lot of especially a lot of modern filmmakers that I really really love. Before we started recording, we talked about Damien Chazelle. Like I I like him a lot. I uh, I think John Carpenter is is high up, but I wouldn't say he's probably in my top five. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's the case with most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a bummer because like you said, he's got he's got quality stuff. It's just in the moment they weren't recognized. Yeah. Right. He was and a little maybe ahead of his time. I mean, He could have been. Like, I don't even know because I don't know the timeline of the release of the book of Christine and the film. If they were smart, they would have released the book, they would have released one of them shortly after the first one, Mm -hmm. right? So they would have been like, okay, well, we've released the book now, let's release the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see if the book does well, or let's release the movie and then release the book because the movie was successful Mm -hmm. let's really let's have the book come out so i'm not really sure what that timeline is but yeah it's 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 a little bit unfortunate because i do enjoy john carpenter's stuff quite a bit i mean two of his movies are up there in my favorite films you got halloween and christine Mm -hmm. right and even uh well like the thing is is up there as well i enjoy i love that movie i i think that he just yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he was just a, maybe he was just a little too ahead of his time. Ahead of his time, I mean.
1: Yeah, um, like it's 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 just it fascinates me and I can't quite put my
0: finger on it. What what about yeah. Stephen King? Where do you fall with Stephen King? Oh man, I don't know. I <laughs> uh, like I <laughs> like Christine. Oh boy, maybe it was just the guy who did the recording for the audiobook that kind of made me feel a little uneasy. Yeah. So, <laughs> just let me say this. If you listen to the audiobook on Amazon, the voice, the guy who does the voice for the uh for the book does this weird thing when he's talking about when he's doing the female character's lines, like their dialogue. He talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> like when he does Lee's voice, he goes, "Arnie, I I'm worried about Arnie." And it took me out of it so quickly, um but like when it comes to the book and it's how and how it's written, it's kind of neat. But he didn't. This actually really does bother me. I'm glad you brought this up. He the the 19 he he wanted the Plymouth Fury because he felt that car was forgotten. That's why he chose the Plymouth Fury as the car for Christine. Mm. And in the book, he called it's a he says it's a four door, which it's not. <laughs> So yeah the internet probably wasn't uh, yeah the internet didn't exist or it was in its super infancy if it did exist. Yeah. Um but you couldn't have done some research there Steve. <laughs> like it's it's a book about a car and you got the car wrong. Like wow. that's what's so funny about it. Is yeah he lists I remember I was in the Loblaw's parking lot waiting for my grocery order to come out and i was listening to the pod- i was li- the podcast i was listening to the audiobook and he listed the christine as a four door sedan and i immediately was like that's not that's not true <laughs> she's she uh, christine like a plymouth fury is a two door and because i think what he got confused was because plymouth at the time had three um, i guess flagship cars they had the belvedere the fury and the savoy and the Belvedere and the Fury was the sport model in 1958. Mm-hmm. So it had a V8. It was a sport model. It wasn't like as fancy as the Belvedere. The Belvedere was like the luxury version of it. And the Savoy was the four-door sedan version of Christine. And I think he may have gotten a little confused with uh, the Savoy and poor the Poor guy. He was probably high
1: on cocaine when he, he was He might there. have
0: been. And, and I've <laughs> actually listened to a little bit of it like the book of the audiobook yeah. of it and holy smokes man he's a good he's a he's a good writer when he's sober i feel like I, the
1: guy I, has so many ideas and he's just wacky and he has so many like like this year alone i i, I might be wrong but he had three move, three adaptations come out uh, movies um cujo christine
0: and I believe the Dead Zone. Oh, you're talking about in the '80s. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking about like this year. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was no, like, no. what?
1: In in '80 in, in 1983, I believe Cujo, um, the Dead Zone, and uh, Christine all came out in the same year. Again, I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty confident. I'll give you about an 85 percent um confidence. But um, fun? the guy was pumping out books left, right, and center, and like. It, it, and this is what i want to ask you i got two more things i want to finish with and then we can wrap up Mm -hmm. but um what would you and again i'm very lukewarm on remakes and stuff like that what are your thoughts if i said to you christine as like a mini series like six eight episodes well
0: i thought that was happening oh i thought yeah so it's funny you mentioned that because i was going to mention this i read back i mentioned it first (laughs) Okay, <laughs> i I mentioned it to uh, I saw so I mentioned it. Jesus, I I read about it f- like two years ago, mm-hmm. um, on Bloody Disgusting. They oh. they had posted it and they said, um, the guy who did, <clears throat> pardon me, the guy who did Hannibal, like the show, oh, was Bra- Brad Fuller or something, Brian Fuller, s- something like yeah. that. He was uh, show running a remake of Christine, and it was gonna be a it was gonna be a movie. Oh. It wasn't gonna be a miniseries. But I remember having this conversation with my dad when I when I sent him the link, I was like, hey dad, like look, they're gonna remake Christine. And I don't know if anything has come of that since then. It's been two years and I haven't heard anything. Um But I think it would be great as a miniseries. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I think I think the structure would be really good because I say the same thing about it. I think
1: they totally botched the 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 two movies that came out because there's just so much material that it doesn't work with the two-part movie system like you have to th- th- be careful what you say about that adam brendan worked on it chapter two bro. i know and i love brendan and i'm glad he got paid <laughs> for, for that it was an honest honest whatever what how of long my, the shoot one of my one of
0: my good friends and one of my classmates is in that film as well who was in it my buddy uh my buddy connor smith shout out to him if he was listening. he in part one or part two part two He was right in the beginning. He had like one of the first pieces of dialogue. He says the opening scene of of chapter two is fantastic. Yeah. He goes, he's one of the carnies. He goes, uh, when I win a chicken dinner and he gives, (laughs) he gives, he gives the guys the, uh, the, the prize that's, that's, that
1: sequence is fantastic. Yeah, well, yeah, but anyways, continue. That's yeah, my, my whole track. point is, I think it's great source material and there's a great story to tell, but I think it would work well in a mini, like a a longer miniseries, not like the one in 1990, but like a six, eight, ten part, whatever structure you want to come up with, just because there's so much going on. And when I watched Christina, I'm like, okay, movie, this one 80s, a little and I trim a little fat here and there, but I'm like TV show you could really dive into a little bit more and you could really structure episodes and make them really kind of exciting with maybe the odd cliffhanger and stuff like that. I just think that's was just a thought in my head. I thought that might work if they're trying to adapt it. I I don't think it needs to be touched. I don't think you need to remake the movie because the movie stands up well enough. Like my, my rule of thumb is if you can make the movie better or tell it in a different way or do something to reinvent it or whatever, go ahead and remake the movie. But if you can't, why? it's like the Jaws. Everyone goes to Jaws. When are they going to yeah. remake Jaws? Don't touch it. You yeah, cannot well, make that movie yeah, that better. And,
0: that and Godfather. Like Don't touch yeah. it.
1: You you cannot make the Godfather better. You cannot make Jaws better. Don't even try. But yeah. there's lots of good examples of things you can try to remake. Um, and I just think Christine miniseries might give it a little flavor, uh, might give it a little bit new of a vision and you could do maybe a few and maybe pull some things out of the book that the movie didn't or like the stuff you were saying at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And it
0: seems like you have thought about it. <laughs> well, the, the, well, cause you're absolutely right. I think that like I, cause I told my dad, I said, I think it would work great as a mini series because you just said it, you could explore so many cool things. You could, yeah. you could have the first few episodes be about Roland. Roland yeah, bay of course. Even, right. And then kind of go into, or even do, not I wouldn't say multi-season. That would be way too much. But yeah. if you did, like, the first three episodes about him and his struggles with his family and how his wife and his daughter, because that would start it off with a, a good bang. Yeah. Um, And then finish it off with Arnie getting the car 20, 30 years later. Yeah, he gets mm-hmm. it 30 years later. And that would be so super cool. And then they could, they could really explore the uh, relationship between arnie and his parents and even arnie and uh um roland mm-hmm. right they could they could have you know they could do that american werewolf in london thing where he does show up as a zombie and kind of kind of possesses arnie that way i think that'd be really really cool but i don't know if they're gonna do it it would also be extremely expensive because like just for the cars alone like it was it was hard for uh, carpenter because yeah. when they were filming, they I, I, they used like thirty plus cars or something like that. But That's what, I was to, gonna actually
1: ask you that. How many cars have they used on set? Yeah,
0: it was like thirty odd. I, th- I want to say thirty five or thirty eight. Um, but they they had to Frankenstein them. They had to buy Belvederes. They had to buy Savoys, and they had to buy Furies to kind of mesh together to build Christine. Right, it's like breeding dogs. There, there's o- <laughs> exactly. They only had they only had maybe one or two. Chris like actual Plymouth Furies that they used in the film, and those were for the glamour shots, like the close-ups. Um, but yeah, like it would be extreme. Like those cars were expensive back in 1982. Could you imagine those cars? Like I've I've looked just out of curiosity because Christine's up there on my list when I win the when I win the you know the the lottery or you know what do they call it in Ontario? Fucking lotto max i don't know <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> um, the uh if i win the lotto max like i would buy a plymouth fury and i would make it look like christine and you would descend into madness <laughs> and it would be f- i would love every minute of it the the because the, the cool thing is is that a little bit of trivia too plymouth furies didn't come in red they came in like uh they came in, in like a sand sort of color so you know okay. when you're the first scene when you're seeing them and they're all on the assembly line yep they the the colors that you see in front of Christine is the color that the Furies came in. It wasn't Chrome and red it was like a sand color and a gold metal detail on the side um and the red would have been a custom custom for job, the movie? custom order no it, in okay. general if if uh Roland bought the car new, he would have had to ask for it to be painted red I see so it would have been a custom car um which is kind of neat, uh, but I can't remember where I was going with that. So it's
1: okay, it's okay. Uh, yeah. We were talking, <laughs> we were talking about the miniseries, and we just right, right,
0: right. The uh, the I think it would be great as a miniseries, but it would just be yeah. I remember where I am now. The uh, it would just be super expensive because if you look and you can find Furies for sale, ones that aren't in great shape are like six seventy six thousand dollars. And then if you look at um, like if you want like a Christine, like a red Plymouth Fury. Barrett Jackson sold one a few years ago. It went off the block at like almost $300,000. Oh, wow. Well, They're those collector's just, items.
1: Just get one and hope to God you don't ruin it during
0: filming. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, it's a great investment. Um, I'm trying to convince uh, my girlfriend that. So when we're a little bit older and I'm trying to buy an old car, I'm like, it's only going to increase in value.
1: It's a perfect midlife crisis car. Uh, <laughs> I would
0: either go, I would either go a Porsche, Porsche or Corvette, but sure. Yeah. Okay. So last
1: question, because I was fascinated by this, and I know because you and I have already talked about it, it's a little bit of a curveball, but I know you have thoughts. So we had this Halloween trilogy come out, uh, starting with Halloween, uh, the third Halloween in this franchise, known yeah. as Halloween 2018. Then it follows with Halloween Kills. And then COVID happens and the third movie gets delayed. And then right before the release, somewhere around filming or whatever, rumors start circulating that David Gordon Green, the the director and co-writer, was going for Christine vibes. And he even apparently (laughs) brought the script to John Carpenter and asked him, and I'm paraphrasing, is this too Christine? Which <laughs> speculation starts, what the hell is going on in this third movie? Like, are you completely going out to left field with this? So yeah. I, I, everyone's been talking, Christine, Christine, Christine. Finally, the movie comes along. And I was fascinated. I'm like, what the? Because they did the big time jump. Like, it's like four years after the events of the first two movies. And right away, uh, we are introduced to this character named Corey Cunningham. And I'm yeah, like, just so funny. I'm like, okay. And here are my thoughts. Halloween, the, the trilogy did not end well. The, the third movie as wacky as it was just didn't mesh with the first two movies. They clearly just kind of, they didn't have a plan. They star Wars did. They're just like, they're just piecing yeah. it together as they go. But mm-hmm. I think it's a testament to how good of a story. Christine is because even though I don't like, halloween ends as like a third act to this trilogy Yeah, i loved the stuff with Corey cunningham i thought it was an interesting anthology story to halloween and to michael myers mm. after the trilogy was done i think it was an interesting story about this down on, on his luck kid who had this who had this terrible thing happen and he's an underdog and he's basically probably close to being suicidal and he begins this descent into madness and instead of you know christine the car there's michael myers and a freaking gutter don't get <laughs> yeah. me started it, it's ridiculous yeah. but that yeah. element to the story i liked what were your thoughts being a christine fan watching halloween ends
0: well that was it was exactly that i was watching it and i'm like okay something about this seems familiar because <laughs> i never i never i never read about that stuff before the movie yeah. came out right so mm-hmm. i was i was watching the film and i was like there's yeah, there's something familiar. What is it? I don't know what it is. And what what solidified it because it, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then that scene when uh he's driving the tr- uh, the the tow truck. Yes. And you see the lights turn on and the engine start and him just go after all of the bullies or whatever that <laughs> he's going after. I was like it's Christine. It's Christine, and this is a Halloween
1: and- movie, by the way. Like just you explaining that is how like what that like again. I liked yeah. it, but it was just yeah. the, it was the weirdest movie where I'm like, this isn't the right place. If they would have wrapped up the Michael Myers story, and I told you this when we went out for breakfast with the way they went, if they yeah. would have set it up nicely where something happens to Corey Cunningham, then they fight Michael Myers, and then Michael Myers dies, and the movie ends with Corey Cunningham sitting up. Or his body's gone and the Halloween theme plays. That would have been so much better. And then like and like that's what e- I thought was gonna happen. Evil lives on. Like, it literally wraps up. Like it's literally a bookend to the the original Halloween movie where Michael Myers continues. I thought there was a whole missed opportunity because they just kill the kid and he's gone. Yeah. And then Laurie and Michael fight again. And it's like oh my god. And I just thought it was interesting where I'm like. Really, like John Carpenter directed it, and you're bringing him this script and saying, "Hey, Halloween ends. Uh, Does it remind you of anything?" And I could just imagine John Carpenter reading it, going, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah," or
0: just being like, "Really, yeah." Just like looking up at him and just being like, "Okay, it's a little on the nose." Yeah, um, but the the I have a like, the, if we're talking about that movie, it felt like a combination of a whole bunch of different movies because I I remember watching it and like the whole like motorcycle thing. I kept thinking of either Drive or Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah, the music. And, too, was yeah, really the music was like super synthy. And I was like, okay, I'm into this. But yeah, it was, mm, yeah, what? Yeah, it was just really funny watching it because when that moment with the tow truck happened at like the junkyard, yeah. I was like, oh, I like the <laughs> everything just like it, my eyes were wide open to it. And I was like, oh, it's Christine. Oh, shoot. <laughs> And then at first I really liked it and then the movie kept going on and I'm like no never mind. Yeah. Like I didn't uh, I didn't think that it was great either. Um and I think I think I agree with you. I I would probably prefer if it was like what you said where it was like him getting possessed and then that that's it. Like evil lives on, right? I think I I probably would have preferred that but the the issue with that is that you have those fans that would just would that wouldn't shut up. Yeah. if michael i mean michael did you know spoilers michael does end up dying <laughs> and, gets and, ripped and to shreds. The, the, the halloween fan in me went what the fuck yeah. like the the halloween fan in me was mad and that's why i haven't told my dad to watch it yet yeah. um it's a but, slop, well,
1: sloppy unfocused movie it had no idea it, would, it had so many little ideas really good ideas and it just i think they with covid and they just kind of were sitting on it like i don't know uh cory cunningham uh, christine place yeah. on the pines drive
0: <laughs> and and it's a little on the nose when you find out that the guy's name is cunningham yeah like Because is... the first thing that i said when the part came up i looked over at my cousin and i was just like cunningham and he didn't know what i meant and because he has i don't think he's seen christine um but i said that and i was like yeah because it, it, it's you know I I thought that was just like a a, a little cool little Easter egg that mm-hmm. was like a little a little nod to Christine that's what I thought that was but and then it turned out to be it was a, it was it was a lot more than a nod.
1: No, the nod was just taking parts out of the Christine script and like they probably yeah. just took it from and, like John Carpenter probably read a scene that was just literally plagiarized from the script of Christine. Yeah.
0: Also, did you know that they threw in which is weird because the word that I just said is pretty bad, but they. It was rated, it was rated, they threw in an F-bomb, they put in more swears in the script so they would get an R rating.
1: Christine or Halloween Ends? Christine. Okay, sorry, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, sorry. We're
0: back, we're we're talking about the the main event here. Yeah. Um, The, (laughs) the, like, they they were worried that it was going to be rated PG-13 and no one would see it. So they put, they put swear words, (laughs) they put more Uh. swear words, more F-bombs into the film to make it rated R, which I thought was kind of a neat little... A neat little tidbit, but anyways, uh, the also uh, to to talk about what I to go back to what I wish they put into the book because I just remembered this. The epilogue in the book is really cool. Um, so because the one person that Christine didn't kill was the guy who let them into the airport parking lot to like buddy buddy Repperton and his goons to go in and wreck Christine, and then Dennis in the epilogue, Dennis is reading a newspaper and he finds out that um. that guy i can't remember his name but that like toll booth attendant was killed in a freak accident with a a car and it's kind of like hinting towards that christine didn't actually christine's back right which is like a super cool little tidbit that i just wanted to throw out there um but when it comes to arnie and uh dennis i completely agree i like like i said keith gordon i think the one scene that i was kind of watching when i was watching it last night i i kind of was a little like "Hmm," i kind of tilted my head a little bit was the scene where Dennis and uh, Arnie are in the car um, and Arnie is, like, s- like drinking and driving and he's, like, letting Christine drive herself and then he plays Chicken with the car yeah. on the other side of the road. Do you remember that scene? Yep. Um, that scene was a little too, like, high school drama-ish mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think it boils down to the actor who plays Dennis. I think that was his performance that kind of threw me off because i think uh, i think keith gordon is giving it his all he's you know this is his moment to show you know he's really really given it and then the guy who plays dennis can't get those tears going so he's just putting on the the emotion of like oh you're really scaring me man like (laughs) like let's drink to i can't remember what arnie says he like drink to uh death to the you know the shitters of the world or something i think that's what he says and then Dennis goes what about friendship and I was like oh (laughs) I was like okay 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 uh I don't love the movie because of its dialogue but I think that um I think that Keith Gordon just does a great job and he he kind of didn't really act a lot after that he was in Jaws 3 oh good I think (laughs) um And then I don't know if that was before or after Christine. It was probably after, but um I might have been the same year. I think Jaws three came out in eighty three. Oh, really? It might have been the same year. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, great. Right around, anyways. If it's not I love the same that year, him. um, but he, but he did. Um, he was kind of a a little bit of a a television director after. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he did. He. I remember watching when I was watching Dexter. I noticed he directed a few episodes of Dexter. I think he directed the first episode. What? of dexter i think so oh wow Good yeah if not in the first season he directs a few of them um but i thought that was kind of i thought that was kind of cool. was like keith gordon i've seen that name before and then i looked it up i was like oh shit it's arnie <laughs> um and because he doesn't really he's in this movie but i mean i never really followed him as an actor but he might have more credits to his name but i've only seen him in those two movies i haven't seen him in anything else interesting yeah but i think i think he does a great performance i think he he, he does what he he does his best with what was given to him mm-hmm.
1: well uh we've reached the end here and i wanted to wrap up with this uh what would you say to someone that has never seen christine and how would you convince them
0: to watch it well i'll tell you what i've told my friends recently that watched it just shut your brain off and, sh- and shut up and watch it don't don't question anything just sit down and watch it it's more grounded than you think um and play, yeah, because to be honest, my girlfriend, she hates horror movies. And it's it's unfortunate because I love them. But, um, but during Halloween, I was like, can we watch Christine, please? And she's like, yeah, we can watch Christine. I'm like, yes. Yes, I can get away with watching it, you know. Um, and because she enjoys it, mm-hmm. right? She When I remember when we first watched it, she was like, oh, that was better than I thought it was going to be. So I think that that is the, that's what I'd say. I'd say just sit down watch it with me don't ask questions just the the film will play out and you'll understand it by the end just just watch it and then if you have any questions i'll answer them when we're done watching it
1: (laughs) i love it is there any have you gone through all your notes is there anything else you wanted to share
0: before we wrap this up um it's not a perfect movie there's a lot of goofs but i won't go into i won't go into those um, I do have. I won't be able to show it because this is a um, uh, an audio medium. Yeah. Um, but I do have uh, Christine's license plate posted oh, cool. up on her on my wall, um, and the the first the first three letters are um, CQB, which is an acronym for close quarters battle. For those oh, listeners who didn't know, that's, that's a fun little easter egg for you um and it actually that license plate appears in it chapter two in james McAvoy's in the pawn shop oh well there you go <laughs> yeah but yeah that's pretty much it i'm done now i can i can go uh, i can go relax i've i've spent a lot of time expressing my love for this movie
1: <laughs> yeah well i'm glad everyone will appreciate it and uh yeah i mean I, I would say the same thing like i i was hesitant to watch it i, I didn't for a very long time and it's uh, even a John Carpenter fan, horror fans, Stephen King fans. I mean, it's got to be up there for, uh, in regards to Stephen King, it's it's up there as well for Stephen King adaptations for me as well. So um, yeah. great movie. I appreciate you joining again, Cam, to share your, yeah. uh, your passion. And uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having me again, Adam. This is great. Let's do it again soon, okay? No problem. Well, thanks again, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.